What up all you beautiful misfits and rejects out there? Thank you for joining me for episode 229 of Misfits and Rejects. In today's episode, I spoke with Francis Nyan. You might remember him from episode 209, where we discussed his life as a digital nomad, how he got into freelance copywriting, and how back in the day, back in his hometown of Memphis, Tennessee, he found himself really struggling with an opioid addiction, having a burning desire to get to Europe and live a life as a teacher in Europe, and how he took full responsibility for his life situation at that time, quit opioids, cold turkey, got himself into an English teaching program over in Barcelona, Spain. And then by just following his dream and desire to teach English in one new country a year throughout Europe, he stumbled into the digital nomad world, discovered freelance writing, which he was already very passionate about writing to begin with, and realized he could create a very profitable career out of what he loved to do most. And brought him back on today to discuss finding your zone of genius, what's been going on within the freelance writing community, and specifically how he kind of lost his passion for writing and was scaling a business that he really didn't want to scale in the way it was scaling, and how he had to really reset all systems and get back to the roots of what he wanted to do, how he wanted to do it, and wound up firing 80% of his clientele to start this new project called the Nomad Newsletter. And I'll let him bring you up to date with everything and help you understand what the Nomad Newsletter is. But I always appreciate catching up with Francis. He is always positive, always super transparent, and very articulate in his process of achieving the goals he sets for himself and the ups and downs that come with living a life as a digital nomad. Now, I know it's been a while since I produced an episode. Just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you and your commitment to me and Misfits and Rejects. Doing this episode is definitely inspiring me to find my zone of genius within what I'm doing as a podcaster, as a wannabe digital nomad, as somebody who's continuously trying to design his life in the way that fulfills myself. And I want to give you a heads up that in episode 230, I'll be giving you all a more detailed update on what's been going on with me in my life, in my head, and the adventures I've had over the last year, and where I am trying to focus my energy in the coming months and the new year to come. But just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for just being supportive, listening, hopefully getting some valuable information from these episodes, and just being patient with me as I continue to Try to create something that is sustainable, beautiful, impactful to you and myself, and viable for me to flourish outside of America. So with that said, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Francis Nyan from thenomadnewsletter.com. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't. Fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today, I'm joined by Francis Nyan. You might remember him from episode 209 of Misfits and Rejects, where he came in and talked about his nomad life as a copywriter, 
he has a website, storiesandcopy.com, and he gets to live the dream in Hungary, writing copy for different people around the world and traveling whenever he wants. He's originally from Memphis, Tennessee, and excited to have him back on. Francis, welcome to the show. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for having me again. It's been, I think, maybe like an entire year to the day almost that we last chatted. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, it's nice. I've always enjoyed our chats either through email or in person, not in person because we've never met in person, but I mean just over Skype because you have a beautiful enthusiasm in your voice and just like you radiate positivity and I really appreciate you for just being you, my friend. And yes, it has been a year almost to the day since our last episode went live. What's happened over the last year, dude? Bring us up to date, man. Just kind of yeah, take us through your year. Yeah, I mean, the year was pretty crazy. Um, also, like, not so much, you know, because with the, the pandemic and all this stuff, a lot of the times, half the time I was, like, kind of stuck at home. Um, yeah, last time I spoke to you, I was in Portugal, and that was, like, August 2020, September 2020. And then in December 2020, I ended up going to Mexico for, for five months. Um, almost ran into you over there. And so, yeah, I was over there just soaking the sun, meeting people, having a good time, eating a lot of food, getting my weight in tacos, and um, still writing copy for, for my clients. Um, scaled pretty fast, maybe a little too fast. Realized that, um, you know, what the direction where I was going wasn't the, the best direction for me and just wanted to change things up. And But, um, yeah, I'm in a really good place. Uh, enjoying what I'm doing, uh, writing a whole lot in different mediums and verticals. So, yeah, everything's been really, really, really cool. But, yeah, there's some new stuff ahead, and I'm pumped to share it with you and your audience. Absolutely, and we'll definitely get into that. But I like what you just said, um, how you know you scaled really quickly. Um, change came about in ways that were maybe unexpected, and I'd like to dive into that because – the ethos of the show is really just showing people like how we work through those moments. And anyone who's listening, I definitely recommend you go into our previous episode, episode 209, where you get to hear about, you know, how Francis chose to become a digital nomad, how he worked through a lot of heavy shit with his opioid addiction. And uh, that's very insightful. But today, I mean, this is really, I think, poignant because with everything going on in the world, people are going through a lot of changes and I'd love to talk about you know the changes within the structure of your company and, and storiesandcopy.com and how you work through that. What happened? Take us through it. Yeah, I mean, so basically I was, you know, last time we spoke, I was managing a fairly decent amount of clients, just a solid five or six or so. Um, and then over the year, it just exploded, you know, five or six became eight to nine, eight to nine became 11, 12. And, you know, I was hiring people, I had a small team, um, and then you know, I just realized that I was essentially taking out, taking myself out of like my quote unquote zone of genius, which was just to be a writer. You know, I love writing. When I write um, copy, when I write content for, you know, my, my medium page or, you know, for my newsletter, you know, I, I lose myself um, doing that. You know, it's, uh, I really get into the flow state and I really enjoy it. Um, but when I kind of saw that I was just managing people, putting out fires all day, getting on content calls with clients at super late, you know, late for me at least eight, nine, ten, sometimes ten p.m., 
um, I was just burned out, man. And I was just like wildly, wildly unhappy. Um, you know, money was good, but, you know, I did not have the freedom or really the life that I wanted. I mean, I think you know, this happened um, kind of in spurts and in, even in Mexico. I was in a, or was I, Playa del Carmen, I think for two weeks. And I had like um, a pretty nice room there. But for that entire two weeks, I actually stayed inside that room just working. And the only time I, I would leave would be to you know, maybe work out for like 30 minutes you know, every other day or you know, to go get food or something. But other than that, you know, there was no like chilling by the beach, um, you know, going swimming or soaking in the sun. I was, I was working and um, I was just like – and it, that continued on in, in different ways, whether it was in PDC or – you know, when I was in Guadalajara visiting friends, it was like, oh, I didn't, don't really want to hang out because I have to do this or that or I have to do this or that. Um, and then, you know, I worked with a, a mindset coach who kind of specializes working with copywriters. And she really worked me, you know, worked it out for me, you know, uh, guiding me along for several weeks, several months to really understand why I was burned out, why I say yes to certain things why I, uh, I kind of put myself through like such like hardships um, and such stress. Um, and it was really hard. I mean, I'm still like fixing and like going through a lot of the stuff that you know, she told me to do, but um, I had to take a step back, you know? And when I got back from, from, from Mexico and I was back in Hungary, the, the burnout was actually at its peak where I was like every other day, I was exhausted. Um, I was smoking like all the time. I like lost my appetite and I was just like, Oh man, I'm like stressed out. You know, it's like, it was kind of weird. I like, I got like super into the NBA playoffs, which like a little like too emotionally invested. And I was like, Oh man, I feel like this is like where it comes from. Like all this stress. It's like, is this where like the only bit of joy that I'm getting from is like, you know, maybe watching my, you know, 500 Grizzlies, like maybe win a game. Like, is this what's going on? Um, but like, it was, it was, it was tough. And um, yeah, towards the end of July, I like scaled everything back. I actually dropped like 80% of my client base and, and focused more on writing. Um, and that's where I am now. I mean, I, I still write uh, email copy for clients, but I'm writing for myself on medium.com on personal development, some marketing stuff, um, really just daily insights. And then also um, the uh, my new project, which is the, the Nomad newsletter. So, yeah, a lot of stuff has happened over the last year, but it's been, you know, a hell of a journey, but a, but a good one. Yeah, let's keep unpacking some of this because I think for a lot of the audience who are listening who don't necessarily have the life situation that you have achieved at this point you know a lot of people are still sitting in a the rat race here in america and job they hate um trying to figure a way out of it and trying to find maybe even that purpose in life which they can really uh sink their teeth into get fulfillment from as well as you know income which you achieved and then found yourself scaling so quickly that and making the money doing the life that you love but then found that you lost sight of really being in that flow state, in that in that field, zone of genius, as you described it, that you find so fulfilling and 
um, able to maintain a living with. So when you did work with that coach, can you maybe take us through some like concrete examples of things that she pointed out and then how she helped you work through that to decide to fire 80% of your, uh, your clients and then obviously take a huge pay cut to now get back into that zone of genius and that zone of like, now I'm fulfilled again by my life lifestyle where I'm at. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, so just to give her a shout out, um, her name is Linda Perry, um, not the singer. Um, I realized there was like a famous singer in the 80s named Linda Perry, but um, yeah, it's a woman named Linda Perry, and she, she works with a lot of copywriters, marketers, uh, online business owners, and she was a copywriter herself, so a lot of my friends worked with her. But, you know, one of the main things that you know, she, she kind of gave me sight on was kind of creating my own idea of success. And my own idea of um, you know, changing my idea of what my business should be like. So, you know, you know, my journey as a freelancer, it was, it's only been a few years, three and a half or so. Um, and you know, since I was, you know, when I first started, I just followed like these, you know, pool of gurus, so to speak, or these experts. And I always thought that, you know, if I succeed, then and I have to follow their path. I have to have the agency or I have to sell products or I have to have a, a mastermind of myself. Um, and I thought that was like really the only way, you know, and she kind of, she really gave me uh, clarity, coached me through to really help me understand that, you know, my idea of success, whatever that is, um, you know, it's really, I, I can mold it however I want. Um, and, you know, I didn't believe her at first. I was like, oh, but I'm not successful unless I have, you know, the 100K a month agency or, you know, the seven-figure business or or things like that. Um, and, you know, I really struggled through that. You know, she helped me kind of point out the things I really value in my life um, and, you know, help me create a business and a lifestyle that can give me that. So, you know, instead of, you know, she, we pointed out the, the fact that, like, I really enjoy simply writing. So if there's other parts of my business that I need help in, um, you know, I can hire an assistant to take care of the tech stuff or to take care of the cold pitching or the accounting or you know, the social media marketing. While I, you know, can just be the writer, you know, the writer and the owner of my business. And, you know, that was really, really powerful for me because now that's what I do. You know, if um, I do have like a small team, super small team now, it used to be like, I mean, my team originally was already small, but now it's even smaller. And, um, you know, if I have an idea or something goes on with tech, I just contact my tech guy and I ask him to, to handle it instead of me handling it or me worrying about it. You know, I, I give him free reign and he owns up to it. You know, that's his zone of genius is being the tech guy or, you know, I have my ghostwriter and my uh, my cold pitcher. You know, there's something she does. I let her do that. And I don't freak out over it. Instead, I focus on writing for my clients because that's what makes me happy. That's what gets me in my flow state. So that was a, a one, definitely one powerful lesson that um, you know that she really that she instilled in me, and just one of like so many lessons. But I think that was one of the ones that that really I needed to really understand and really get for me to like, feel good again and to feel like motivated, um, which. You know, today I feel incredibly motivated. You know, it's a Sunday and I've been feeling quite motivated for the last few weeks. Um, and, 
you know, I realized it was a feeling that I was missing for, for, for really probably, um, yeah, three or four months out of the year already. I love it, Francis. That's amazing. Awesome. Thank you for being so transparent with that. Can you help the audience with the definition of zone of genius one, and then how you found your zone of genius two? Yeah. Uh, the zone of genius is from the book, uh, the big leap. Um, I, the, the author escapes me, so I'm pretty sure if someone's listening to this, they probably think I'm an idiot, but, um, essentially the zone of genius is like this scale or this feeling that you have, you know, or this feeling that you have while doing a skill that, you know, it gets you into this flow state and you don't just enjoy it, but you're, um, really good at it. Um, and you feel like an expert while doing it. Um, that's probably a very butchered definition of the zone of genius, but essentially it's the, the, uh, kind of the sensation you get when you're in this flow state doing a certain skill that you get lost in, you really enjoy it. Um, and everyone has their own kind of zone of genius and there's different tiers, you know, of the zone of genius, you know, there's the zone of genius and then there's, you know, the stuff that you, um, you're good at, but you'd rather not do the stuff that you'd rather not do, but you're good at. And then there's the stuff that you're not good at and you definitely don't want to do. Um, and so, yeah, I think the one thing is like, someone's listening to this is like trying to find that zone of genius for yourself because a lot of the answers that you have and, and work especially is can be found right there. And then what if your zone of genius falls within something that isn't monetizable? Because that's something that I found for myself. Like I tried to monetize my zone of genius in areas in which, I mean, I guess theoretically everything's monetizable if you market it and sell it correctly. And I, maybe I just haven't figured that out yet, but I do think that's something that needs to be talked about because there's a lot of examples out there of people who are following their passions in their zone of genius. And I mean, they're just knocking their head against the door, you know, or the wall or whatever, trying to figure out a way through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one, you know, I think finding the zone of genius is, is definitely a process. I think a lot of people, a lot of one, a lot of people would be surprised that their zone of genius is literally right under their noses. And then, you know, for me, I didn't realize writing was the zone of genius for a while. A lot of the times I just thought it was something I was good at and that sometimes people would pay me to do. Um, little did I realize it's something like the thing I really, really love. And I think love, um, that's going to be the case for a lot of people that they find themselves doing something every day and then realize that, oh, I can actually maybe get paid for this. Um, yeah, you know, it kind of goes into the next question of like, you know, maybe. Um I think that there's there's certainly different angles in ways that you can tackle monetizing your zone of genius, whatever that skill or, or interest can be. Um, and then, and, you know, as you said, it's all about kind of marketing it and packaging it in a way that you could make money from it. And, and you know, I think there's, I, I think pretty much everything can be monetized. And there's so many people out there who have, insane interests, passions, and skills, and they're somehow making money from it, from people who you know are passionate about anti-porn or people who love D&D or guys who love playing State of Decay. I mean, there are people out here who, they're content creators. You know, maybe it's just there's a genius is giving, an opinion, giving your opinion. You know, you can go to Twitter and talk about your opinions all day or, you know, you love 
sharing some type of content that you create, whether it's live streaming yourself playing a video game or painting or even live streaming yourself studying, you know, um, I, yeah, I fell upon that the other day. Like somebody had a video on YouTube where it was like study with me and it was like a six hour video of a girl studying and, um, had like 10 million views. I mean, she monetized that somehow. And yeah, I know. I mean, there wasn't even any music. She wasn't like, she wasn't like naked or anything like that. You know, there was no like clickbait stuff. It was just like, study with me, like 10 million views. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to sit here for six hours and study. But um, I think there's, it's all out there. You know, you can be a content creator. um, And I think that's going to be the, like the, kind of like the new economy or, you know, I think freelancing is a big, you know, will be even bigger in the next one or two years, but I think everyone's going to have some type of content creation. And I think that's where a lot of the, a lot of like a, the big way that people are going to be making money in the future. So um, definitely take some research and learning how to package and market your skill um, or passion, but it's definitely out there. With, as you said, our zone of genius kind of always being right under our nose and yours being writing that you kind of knew you loved uh, but didn't know you could monetize it and turn it into this beautiful lifestyle that you created. Have, has there ever been a moment where you've burned yourself out? Because a lot of people who do choose their passion to be their, their nine to five, if you will, uh, burn, it doesn't, it's not their passion anymore. I guess that's kind of what you just went through. I mean, you you had to go re, you had to rethink it, and how can I make this my passion again? And, and that's where we're at right now, which is where we're about to start talking about your new passion project. So, maybe before we start talking about that, just can you touch upon that? Like how writing has either lost its its um, that wow factor for you, and then you had to rekindle that love of it. Yeah, I mean, for me, the I did lose it for a bit, and because my mind was just like too packed up and filled with things other than writing. And it, I was, I felt like I was being forced to write um, and write about things I didn't really want to write about. You know, that was kind of like next level of just being annoyed of like, I don't really feel like writing about this product. Like this sucks. But um, for me, it was, you know, trying to reconfigure the stuff I'm actually, you know, what I actually enjoy writing about the, and, picking the style that I'm writing, um, you know, kind of working as a direct response copywriter, there are like tactics and different ways to write emails and sales letters. And um, I didn't really like it because it was just all extremely curiosity based and, um, you know, sell the click, <clears throat> which is like a lot in email marketing is to you know, sell the click. But for me, I like to sell the click by telling stories and by kind of having like real stories, not like fake ones. And um, yeah, I mean, I didn't lose it, but I got it back because I was able to find out you know, what I really wanted to write about. Um, and it was tough. I mean, it's a, it's, it's kind of, it was like really sad for me to be like, oh man, do I even want to like write anymore? Like, what should I do? Um, but you know, I think some of that's also realizing that I'm also human, and that it's okay to take a break, that you know, you can, you can burn out and mentally injure yourself from your skill or passion you know just like how anyone can physically injure themselves from you know playing too much basketball or lifting too much weight i mean i 
I lost sight of what I liked about it because I was doing it too much. And I just didn't give enough. I didn't give myself enough time to recover. Um, and yeah, back in late July and early August, I, I didn't work or, or do any writing for like three weeks. Um, and all I did was play Xbox and work out and go on walks and like watch TV and um, came back after that time and was like, all right, I'm ready to go. Like, I feel really, 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 really good. Um, and that's when I like emailed you about like my, my new project and was like, all right, like, I love what I do. I'm back to writing. This is super fun for me. And um, yeah, new things are ahead. So I love talking to you, man, because you inspire me and you just you show me and the world like what it actually takes and what, what what it really is to like do what you love. And it's not easy. I mean, you found it, you lost it, you had to find it again. And I think that's going to be all of our life's paths forever. You know, it's just not this steady upward, constant climb of perfection. It's going to be a lot of like downward, you know slopes and stairwells and you have to climb back up but yeah i mean now you have this new venture which is uh, the nomad newsletter.com and that's really your zone of genius where you really are just putting your passions on the page and sharing it with the world talk to us a little bit about that yeah so the nomad no- newsletter really it came out of it came out the idea of it came actually during that time that i was taking a break from writing um, and I was like, all right, you know, what do I want to do? I don't want to be an agency anymore. You know, what do I like to read? What do I like to write about? What do I like to, you know, like, what am I like, what kind of stuff am I consuming? Um, and during that time I was, you know, I love travel, of course, being on this podcast. I love going to different places and I, I love writing and I like helping people and I like writing about business stuff. Um, but I don't like doing everything like a hundred percent. So I wanted to create a platform in which I could share um, everything all in once on one place. So that's where the, the, uh, the newsletter, the idea of the newsletter came in. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to write about all of this stuff, but um, you know, who's it going to be for, you know, then the, the business planning started coming in of like, you know, who is this newsletter going to be for? What am I going to like, you know, how am I going to structure everything? Um, but then, yeah, it, the newsletter kind of came about as like, you know, I'm already an email marketer. I already write a shit ton of emails for my clients. I know how to, to monetize it. Um, I know how to build a brand and I already, I'm going to love what I'm going to be writing about, which is remote work, travel, digital nomadism and building businesses. Um, and yeah, that's where it came from. I, you know, over the last month and a half or so, I've been writing a whole lot on Medium. Um, you know, it's kind of like the YouTube for writers. And I fell on an article about Sam Parr, who who he created the Hustle, which is like a very huge business and tech newsletter. And um, I was like, why don't I just you know create something like this? You know, it's just something that's very informative. You know, maybe I can monetize it with affiliate products or some type of consulting. But instead of business and tech, why don't I do business and travel, business and digital nomadism, entrepreneurship. So that came out of it and I got the idea, it got in my head and I was like super pumped. I was like, all right, I'm just going to buy the domain today. Um, I'm going to structure out how I'm going to send out these emails. And, you know, my avatar is aspiring and current digital nomads who either want to 
wanting to launch themselves into the lifestyle, learning how to build a business, or current digital nomads and remote workers, location-dependent uh, business people who want to maintain the lifestyle by either getting new business ideas, learning about different events, and um, creating a community of nomads all around the world with this single email. Um, and that's where it came from, man. You know, that's the that's my uh, the current passion project I have, and you know, it's still somewhat in its startup phase. You know, I'm still I'm getting subscribers every day, getting good feedback on on the emails that are being sent. But super excited, man! I'm having a lot of fun doing it. I'd love to hear it, and I'd I'd like to get into detail on how you see this playing out because right now, I mean, you you obviously still make your income off of um, stories and copy dot com, correct? And then yeah. this passion project, you're moving in a direction to what? Scale to a place that you can shift everything onto that and just do that full time and make all your money that that way? Yeah, ideally it would be that because, you know, the stuff I'm doing for stories and copy is exactly the stuff that I'm I'm doing for the Nomad newsletter, but just for other businesses. So um, you know, it's funny because it's it, it really is that with stories and copy I'm creating emails, some of them long form, similar to the Nomad. Um, so hopefully, well, definitely in the future, the, the Nomad will be a full-time thing where it's going to be a full kind of media company um, where I can use it to help advertise podcasts, businesses, events, um, and people as well. You know, I, I'm super passionate and I'm just in love with the content creator space in the nomad community and remote workers in general. So um, just want to spotlight those people out there who are creating things and um, also just in, you know, inspire other people that like, Hey, this stuff's, this stuff's, you know, people are making things right now and they are traveling the world and they're not some, you know, uh, bro marketer or bro entrepreneur who listens to too much Gary Vaynerchuk and things like that. But you know, for people like you and I who you know, enjoy our lives, travel the world, and um, yeah, just creating cool things. Yes, I can relate to that sentiment of really just wanting to highlight individuals out there doing cool shit. I mean, misfits and rejects all the way, dude, and you are definitely one of them. Um, one thing that comes to mind, maybe a red flag. I don't know if the listeners are having it as well. You've probably already heard it. Our newsletter is dead are they still alive like what's the deal like i haven't opened a newsletter that i subscribe to ever like even though i see them every single day in my inbox i've never opened one and uh i love the people who make them like pat flynn for example somebody i signed up for with years ago in 2000 and god 14 i literally i think have opened two of his newsletters <laughs> so how how's that gonna play out yeah i mean you know the whole thing with like email marketing is dead is yeah, it's always it's been a thing since like 2005. Um, I don't I wouldn't know. I was 13 in 2005, but like every other like client that I've had who's like over the age of 50 has been like, oh yeah, like that's always people have been saying that for years. But um, you know, within the last few years, with um, <clears throat> kind of the advent of like millennials being like the big buyers, and the thing with millennials is we love authenticity and we love kind of like this one to one communication and things like that. Um, email newsletters have just been have just exploded. You know, e-commerce businesses use it now as like their back end, where the majority of them make um, you know a large chunk of their monthly revenue through it. So they do it by you know consistency, by authenticity, 
um, and being really sophisticated with their marketing. Um, and you kind of transform that into something a bit more lifestyle like the nomad or, you know, um, interests like the hustle or, you know, even super niche interests like um, Trapital, which is like the business of hip hop. Um, it's really cool with, it's really cool about, you know, what's, what kind of newsletters are out there. And, you know, there's kind of a newsletter for everyone for the kind of content that you want. I mean, um, they're definitely growing with the, the you know, Substack becoming a new platform, making paid newsletters even easier to create. Um, you know, and Twitter makes it easier to subscribe to a newsletter and like a click of a button. And um, yeah, no, I think newsletters are going to be even bigger, um, even bigger now. I mean, I know a lot of CEOs and founders and things like that, you know, they have their company's newsletter, but now they have their own personal newsletter that they charge, you know, two to five dollars for um, just to get a weekly email. Um, and that's because people like to have that connection. They like to um, be really in tune with, uh, you know, their interests and things like that. And newsletters give them that, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's those emails are are right next to the emails you get from work or from personal you know, personal, you know, from loved ones. I'm not sure. I, you know, people say that. I don't, I don't know if loved ones still send emails, of course, but it's still something you check every day and it feels personal when it's directly in your inbox. So I think newsletters are kind of like the future. And I think if anyone's reading this and you have like a special interest, then they definitely check out Substack or, you know, ConvertKit and try creating a newsletter for yourself. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, showing me in the audience that newsletters are still a viable way to make a living and as you said like coming back super strong for the millennials out there who like that direct contact with whatever they're consuming um within your newsletter which you sent me a nice sample of thank you for that um as you talked about there's different subject matter that you're kind of trying to highlight do you think that you're going to go even more niche and just pick one or are you going to kind of keep it at the, the three to four things you mentioned earlier yeah, I mean that's one of the things I'll be testing out. You know, right now it's the the three to four or five topics Thursday, uh, sorry, Friday and Monday. But then um, you know we'll see where it goes in the future, or where you know maybe it's um, it kind of diverges, and it maybe Monday will just be for freelancers. Two will be for you know business trends. Three will be for you know Wednesday will be for the you know featuring a podcast host or. Um, some type of content creator. So we'll see where that goes in the future. When, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of inspired by uh, Agora, which is a big publication company. I know if any, like, are, are there any nerdy marketers out there? They're probably thinking Agora is like the way they market their their products is like um, unethical. And yeah, you know, I think that it kind of is. But I am inspired with how like they were. They did start off as like just a certain publication and they diverged into to different interests. So, you know, they have something for people who want to retire early and then there's people who are, you know, they want stock, you know, stock tips. And there's the ones who want like the business trends and things like that. So um, right now it's, it's more like just showing my, uh, the things that I'm interested in and that I think the audience would be interested in and uh, spotlighting all the people, you know, showing others that, you know, it's, you know, working as a digital nomad and traveling the world and creating your stuff is people are doing it. And, um, yeah, I just want to give people like you and others, you know, the, the spotlight. 
so you can inspire people as well. Yeah, we appreciate you, Francis. Thank you. With with what you're creating, what you have already created, I went through, you know, like I said, pre-show our previous episode just to kind of highlight a few things that you've already accomplished. And one thing that stuck out was your habits and, you know, the habits that helped you build storiesandcopy.com, the habits that you are utilizing to build the Nomadic Newsletter. Can you talk us through like a daily, the daily habits you utilize to stay on track to build this thing, the side hustle um, that you have identified as really being the, the the core foundation of what brought you the success for stories and copy? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know, my habits over the last year since we last spoke, they've only changed a little bit. I think there's there's definitely like a core group of habits that I I just need to have. Um, you know, a typical day for me is like waking up pretty early. Um, that's no way a requirement. Um, you know, you don't have to wake up early. I know a lot of like business owners are like, wake up at 4.30 a.m. Where you're not, you know, obviously you're not going to be successful, you know, or you suck because you don't wake up at 4. Uh, I just wake up at 5.30 because that's, that's honestly like I'm an early bird. I kind of like it being quiet. Um, you know, I make my girlfriend a coffee in the morning. I do journal, kind of putting down my thoughts. Um, I like to uh, do a little bit of a meditation, um, just be by myself and go for a walk. I think that's actually a, thing, a new thing that I've implemented um, in the mornings is just go for a walk and let my ideas kind of run, trying to, or don't, you know, or, you know, not, or not let them run. Really just think of stupid stuff if that's, you know, what my mind is feeling like, but it's just a way for me to wake up. But um, I like to read, like really anything, whether it's, um, like a media, I, you know, I've been writing on Medium a whole lot, so I read a whole lot of the on the creators there. You know, Tim Denning and Thomas Opong. Um, really like reading those articles from those guys, and then I just get to writing. And around that time, it's like seven forty-five, um, and I structure my days in which I, I work. You know, I, I kind of batch my work together. So you know, one day I'm just going to be purely writing emails for my e-commerce clients, which is typically a lot easier to do since there's not that much story behind it. Just have to be on brand and um, be a bit emotionally compelling. But, you know, I batch all of those in one day. And sometimes it's not a lot. It'll be six, seven emails. And I'm done writing um, by 11 or 12, you know, and then maybe I'll start off. I'll start, you know, I'll get ahead of uh, some of the work that I have to do the next day. But most of my days usually end around two, two o'clock. I'd say work work days end at two, and then just kind of I just kind of go work out after, or kind of feel like hanging out. Um, and yeah, I mean that's what I've been doing recently. I know, I've, like I said, I went on like that kind of weird break um, in late July and early August where I was like really staying away from anything that I felt like I was forced to do. But just that morning habit, man, just a kind of like that that quiet time to myself, the self-reflection, uh, the, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it's just powerful. Like, I, I don't think I could, you know, I, I don't think I, I could like go on. Like I, I can't, I can't not do it. It just feels too good for me. And I feel, I feel so right doing it. So, um, that's been doing for, for a while, ever since, you know, stories and copy was the bulk and, and now this. So, um, kind of keep it going. 
Nice, dude. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, someone listening wanted to check out your newsletter. How can they sign up for that to get the Nomad newsletter? Well, the um, I'm so creative, you know, so it's just the, the nomadnewsletter.com. And you just sign up right there. It's a short landing page. Um, we're recording this right now. It's September 2021. And I, uh, it's almost like my beta page. I wrote that in like a day and I was like, I was just excited. I was like, I'm just going to write this. I don't even care if it's bad. I just want to get it up because I'm so excited. Um, but I will have like some um, a revamp in it in the next like few weeks. But yeah, if you're interested, go to the nomadnewsletter.com, sign up and get that PDF on the seven ways that I acquired clients that paid me three to $5,000 a month in recurring revenue. Uh, learn that. It's a 16-page PDF. It's pretty cool. And yeah, just look out for the newsletter every Monday and Friday. That's awesome, Francis. And then one more question. If you could talk to one audience member about how to find their zone of genius, how would you explain that and where could they start? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's all about, you know, kind of asking the, the cliche question of like, if is there one hobby or interest that you're so in love with that you would want to spend time doing it even for free? Um, and, you know, that's a, a good stepping stone. Um, whether, you know, it could just be, oh, I love video games or I love gardening. You know, that could be it. That could be your zone of genius. That could be the thing that you could monetize. Um, and they're out there. I mean, it's the, just ask yourself that question and just dive a little bit deeper and try different things, of course. Awesome, Francis. That was awesome. Appreciate you. Thank you for your time. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much. Talk soon. Awesome, Francis. Thank you for your time and coming on sharing how to find your zone of genius and what's been going on with you as you ebb and flow through being a freelance writer, you know, flowing into finding your passion, scaling a business to finding out that it's not where you want to be and you would like to actually scale back to slide back into that sweet spot, that flow state where you wake up every day, you enjoy your writing and you're living that nice balance between work and lifestyle as you live in Hungary and continue to travel. So thank you for your time. And folks, you know, throughout this episode, the key takeaways were really, yeah, finding that zone of genius. That thing that Francis said, you know, is usually right under our nose. The thing that we just naturally do every day, we lose ourselves in. And within that, trying to discover something that's monetizable. There's a lot of different opinions about this. A lot of people have contrary opinions in that some people say don't do the thing you're passionate about because ultimately you will lose your passion for it and it will become just another job that you dislike as you can see francis is not one of those people he has found a way to balance it out but as he noted he did lose his passion for it so it's something that you really have to be aware of be careful with and be intuitive enough to know that okay this thing's spinning out of control i'm starting to just I'm starting to resent it, resent the people I'm surrounding myself, whatever it may be. How do I get back to that sweet spot where your day-to-day -day feels enjoyable, feels more or less effortless, and you can live your life more in the way that you want? That's definitely where I'm going to start focusing my attention, trying to find my zone of genius within this podcast. What is it about what I'm doing that I could do effortlessly every day? And what can I take and outsource to other individuals to do for me? And how can I monetize it? How can I turn this into something that is either a business or a profitable venture for me to be on the road a little bit longer and not stress about having to come home and make money to continue to try to live the life that I want on the road? 
So that's just a hint of where my head's at. As I said in the intro, episode 230 is where I'll give you more insight into what's been going on with me, how I feel about my current situation, and where I'd like to continue pushing into the future. But again, I just want to say a big thank you to you for listening. I appreciate your support. I will continue to produce episodes as they come to me or as I find individuals that are remarkable, that have stories that just need to be shared. So until then, see you next Monday because I will be publishing an episode about myself. Monday morning Pacific time, 9 a.m. I'll see you then. Take care. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspires you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.